Hello, ladies, and welcome back to my next podcast. Like, I'm revealing some new dating tips for you to have a more juicy dating experience and obviously, like, finding the right partner for you. So, I'm Antje Boyd, founder of findoneelite.com. And I'm really excited to have Dan Silverman here with me today. Like, I always love to like talk to the male species, right? And get like the, the male perspective. And, and Dan has such juicy stories to share. So let me first off share though, what he's all about and who is this guy? Okay, well, I am definitely not gonna name any names just in case, you know, any of those people might be watching. Um, okay. <laughs> But yeah. Okay, okay. Let me just quickly go and tell a little bit more about Dan. So Dan is actually out of Miami and he's the Miami matchmaker, right? And dating coach. And he has been in the dating industry for over a decade, teaching men and women the no nonsense way, ladies. Okay. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, nonsense ways out there today and his specialty is taking men into the real world to practice approaching women and building self-confidence so we're really excited to hear from from the man angle right like what you have to share how can women make themselves more approachable right especially for the men who have approach anxiety so welcome to my podcast Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Now, let me ask you something. Am I going to be speaking to men today or to women today? To women. Yes. That's okay. dating tips for women. Um, so okay. tell me, like, right. what are you some of the blind spots that you see, um, you know, because you work with men, but you also work with women, right? Like, and what do you see? What are some three yeah. blind spots that women have and that they're just not taking into consideration, making it possibly easier for men to approach them? Okay, I think a lot of women don't take responsibility for their own problems. That's definitely the number one thing I see. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes they want to blame uh, guys. So guys are not looking to commit or, you know, guy, you know, guy, I live in a city where it's just really hard and, you know, there's no quality guys out there. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them do not want to ask themselves, am I doing something to cause men not to see me as girlfriend material or Am I, you know, doing a really bad job screening? Do I have a repeated pattern of history of dating a certain kind of guy that always fails? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, there's some little tweaks and fixes in there. Um, I try my best when I'm coaching women, of course, to, to not offend them. But sometimes you have to get a little bit of hard truth and tough love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, and women need that too, right? Because they, they, don't, they yeah. don't see the the trees and spinning being in the forest, right? To be like, hello, you know? And I mean, it's so true, Dan. Like, I love that you say that, talking about personal responsibility because I met a woman today and she told me she's never going to date a man who has a, who has a mom who's alive because she has dated men. She's dated men who are basically dating, um, dating basically Wait, you're for real? Like, this is true. You're not just making this up. No, no, no. This literally just happened to me a couple hours ago. And and it and, and just reminded me of the personal responsibility we just talked about because she had dated men who had such a strong relationship with the mom, right? That they, they was kind of like mother, mom boys or whatever you want to call them, right? Yeah. And I love that you talked about personal responsibility because that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, 
I mean, you know, you, what could you do that you could even date a man who has a mom who's still alive? And, and Bro, yeah, you want a guy who has a good relationship with his mom. It means he actually, like, cares and respects women. If he has a terrible relationship with his mother, he's likely not going to have good relationships with women. I mean, obviously, you don't want a guy who's, like, still on his, on his mom's lap and stuff like yeah. that, really speaking. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm really shocked. I've never, I've never had somebody come to me saying that in 10 years I've worked. Never. Well, I've never heard this either. And I've been doing this for 11 years. So that's why oh. but it was just so relevant for what we just talked about. Wait, so where do you live now? You're, you're in LA, San right? Diego. San Diego? Okay. So San Diego is officially crazier than Miami. <laughs> well, we're not generalizing, right? But I mean, it just brings back the point. So when you kind of like tough love with, with, you know, I mean, you want to be nice to the women too, right? But like how, what's a way for you as a man to, to also have like some tough love with the woman and encourage her and empower her that it's like, you know, it's her choice, right? And it's in her power to attract the man. Right. Really well, I mean, when I do coaching, you probably, you probably do a lot of this stuff too. Um, there's a certain amount of bending of the ego that you can do before it breaks. Mm -hmm. so I always try to make sure that I talk about the positive things that they're doing yeah. and talk about the value that they have. Uh, mm -hmm. So that way, when I tell them the criticisms, they're not taking it personally. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that um, as, a, as a male coach, um, men will listen to me and, and take it and not take it personally. Some women will take it personally. So yeah. I, sometimes I do have to say, okay, well, listen, you know, what you're, I, I, I'm glad that you're actively going on dates and you're seeking guys out and you're not just giving up like a lot of women will do. So I'll mm -hmm. start with that. But then I'll right. say, but you also have to be smart and not date the same kind of guy. You have to be looking for these uh, red flags, which you're totally just letting go right over your head, which a lot of women do that. That's another thing I wanted to tell you, uh, get into, is that if a woman feels an intense attraction for a guy, red flags go right out the window. It's like they don't even want to see it. Women have so such better instinct than guys do. Right. They don't want to follow it because they finally meet a guy and they're like, I really want this to work. So they ignore a lot of the horrible red flags that happen. Right. It's so true. And Dr. Amir Levine actually said that whoever you're attracted to, you naturally trust. I mean, how scary is that? Right? It's opposite for me, actually. For me, it's opposite. Okay, I, great. Okay, yeah, that's, that's one of my flaws. Uh, so oh, yeah. If I'm like really attracted to a woman, I know she's absolutely out of her mind. I just know it because okay. that's my pattern. That's okay. my dating history pattern. And you know what? It's always been right. It has always been right. So I have not had a tire slashed in about five years. So how do you teach women to kind of like attract someone? Because then the goal is actually to approach someone because I teach women, okay, you need to change your emotional guidance system and you're actually not necessarily going to be super attracted to the guy who's going to be the one for you, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. how do you teach women to shift that pattern to move away from this like crazy passion, I need you attraction kind of thing, right? Yeah, and that's, just, that's so much fun, but it's terrible for relationships, but it is fun. So I, you know, yeah. I can't hate people that do that, but if you're looking for a stable relationship, that's, it's very, I mean, I still haven't found that, you know, where you have that and stability and it just doesn't happen. I've never seen it happen before. I do have uh, an aunt and an uncle who have an intense relationship, but it's all over the place all the time. But I think, I think they like that. But your question was, 
um, how, how to get them to understand that. Yeah. What do you do? You know, you know what's like one exercise to give them. Yeah. Or one All right. Give well, them. thankfully a good thing about being a woman at least is that attraction can grow and build. Mm-hmm. So I, like when I'm doing matchmaking for people, I, I like to say, okay, well, if you go on your first date and you're not just like disgusted and it's just sort of like, mm, go on two more dates with them. If you still don't feel like it's improved, then three dates is fine. You're done. You probably never, it's probably never going to improve, but generally women can gradually build uh, attraction for a man over time. You know, men are much more visual based and women mm-hmm. are much more through the ears and, and the personality that when she starts to get to know the guy, she'll feel more attraction to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I give the, I had like to have the three date rule. It's, it's, it, it's a pretty effective way, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also don't want to waste your time dating a guy that you're totally not attracted to. So I think three dates is enough to see if it goes anywhere. Right. Because you don't want to put your, turn yourself into a pretzel and then train your brain that you're like, Oh, okay. You know, and just kind of, so I think that's a good idea. I like to do like the three day rule. Right. And then I'm curious, and I'm sure the listeners are curious too, how did you get into this, right? Like I always wonder, how does a man get into matchmaking and, and love coaching? Like, oh, well, same reason as everybody else, because we start off, we're terrible at it. Mm-hmm. So the best way to get good at it is to learn about it and study it religiously. You know, I had my heart ripped out of my chest uh, from my first girlfriend. She cheated on me with my best friend, among many other heartbreaks before that. And that's what started me on that journey. And when you start to learn and you understand these things, the frustrations are much less frequent mm-hmm. and your, 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 your heart is not only shielded from that type of intense pain, but the understanding of why things happen helps you overcome and get over any kind of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I've learned a great deal and I've been able to help a lot of people. And I started just doing dating coaching for men because that's what I initially started learning. But mm-hmm. my sister was also terrible at dating and still is, unfortunately. I try to do my best to help her, but she does what she wants. And she doesn't pay for it. That's another thing. I don't like giving free dating advice. Right. Yeah. To pay for it. yeah. So, uh, you know, I started coaching women. And then when you're coaching both the genders, it's a natural transition into matchmaking. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Right. And so what, what do you, what kind of success stories? I always love the juicy stories, right? Like, you know, what are some of your success stories of the match? Success stories aren't juicy. The juicy ones are the ones that crash and burn in a giant ball of fire. Those are the ones that are more juicy. Okay. Okay. So what success story do you have that's not juicy? I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, I could talk about marriages, you know, um, I had a guy who just got out of a divorce, his wife cheated on him and he was still really just reeling from it. And, and I was trying to take him out to get him back in the groove of things of how to be single again. Uh, you know, he really, I really felt bad for the guy. Uh, and he was the kind of guy who would throw money at women and hope for the Mm -hmm. best. And, you know, he didn't really have any standards or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like any boundaries. Yeah. After working with me, um, he got himself a few girlfriends after that. And then he got married. He's still married to this, this woman who he met. Um, yeah, they're still together. Very happy together. So that's one story. Um, 
I could tell, oh, I know a pretty juicy story. Okay, great. Awesome. And it's a success story. It was my client who came from the worst of possible situations. Okay. This is a guy who was raised, you know, he was adopted by two, uh, by a lesbian couple who really hated men. So mm -hmm. he grew up being not only physically abused, but emotionally abused mm -hmm. because they, they used him to kind of get all their anger out. So he had this really warped sense of how women are. And I had to sort of help him understand why things would happen. It was, it was a difficult thing for me to work for him because I didn't really know this until after we started working. I had to send him to, send him to my father as a psychologist. But um, basically, his whole life, any woman that he ever dated was essentially a prostitute. And he would hire them to live with him, you know, let alone like, you know, hooking up, but actually live with him. And he would pay them to do this. I didn't know these things until much later. That's when I told him, okay, look, man, um, I need to send you to my dad. But uh, he wanted to continue working with me. So I, I helped him sort of learn how to have normal conversations with women, how to mm -hmm. interact with them, just in a general sense. Right. Um, about six months later, he went on his first real date where he didn't have to pay the, pay the woman, and she actually liked him. They wound up dating for a little while. I'm not sure how long that, that, that lasted for, but the fact that we took this guy who was utterly abused by the two main women in his life, and he managed to have a, his first relationship with a woman that wasn't this messed up kind of situation, yeah. I'd say that is a giant, massive success. Because anybody can get married, but not everybody can get over their, uh, like, a horrible, horribly abusive upbringing. So, yeah, I'd say that's a juicy one. Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah. You just can't make this up, right? No, like no. And that's, that's the example I use for anybody that ever gives me any kind of crap. Oh, you know, I just have it so bad. Or, you know, I've just been failing for so long. And, you know, there's nothing I can do. I'm stuck. And then I mention this guy, you know. And then everybody's like, oh. Well, actually, I'm doing pretty good. Yes, exactly. Or am I your worst client? No, actually, there was a guy da 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 da, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what would you say were some of your success stories with the women that you worked with? Ooh, okay. Uh, there's a fairly recent one. I got her, I got her married. She um, was getting dating coaching from me. Mm -hmm. And it was actually very brief. I didn't have to work for, her, for, work for her very long. I probably had maybe four or five sessions with her total. It was all over the phone. And I, I invited her to go to my meetup groups. I was sewing singles events at the time. And she got approached by one of the guys from my singles groups. And they dated. She listened to my advice. And they got married. And they're having kids. Wow. I mean, that went fast. So Very fast. Yeah, she was viciously intelligent. She did everything I said to the T, to the letter she listened to me. I love it when people listen to me and they don't do their own things. I'm I like, actually like, oh, wait, you actually did exactly what I told you? Like, this is yes, awesome. Because I know how guys work. I am a guy, and I am a guy who's not necessarily looking for a relationship, but would get in one if I met a great girl. I think that's the healthiest mindset for a guy to have. You don't want a guy who's desperate to get in a relationship. These guys, I think they're the ones that are more likely to cheat. I think they're the ones that are more likely to have drama and uh, insecurity problems and jealousy in relationships. 
So if you're going to go for a guy like that, you want him to be in a relationship with you because he wants to be in a relationship with you, not because you're withholding sex or because, you know, you're trying to coerce him into committing to you. That's not how you want to get a guy to do it. You know, guys are not like dogs. Well, I guess in a lot of ways they are, but you don't want to punish them <laughs> to get them to be in a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. This no. is going to be my no nonsense. You know, guys are really not that hard to understand. They're really not that hard to understand. Yeah, like Alison Armstrong, she said, you know, we always say that, uh, you know, men and women are so the same, right? But they're really not. And so we're trying to, to see men as hairy women. We're just saying like, oh, they're just like <laughs> us. They just have like more hair. But like, yeah. they're actually like us. They think like us, you know, they, they use the same strategies. But it's like, no, they don't actually use a strategy at all. You know? No, because, yeah, there's different things. Guys, men and women want different things, actually, at least in the, in the initial, in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love that you spoke to this, like, to, like, you don't want to be with a guy who's, like, overly crazy and insecure because, like, who wants to be so badly in a relationship with you because he's the first one who's, like, because that's, like, the anxious attachment style, right? We have a problem with that down here in Miami. It's, it's really common here. It's part of our culture. It's like, uh, if a guy's not like that, he doesn't love you. Wow. Okay. So if, if a guy's not jealous, that's how it is in Miami. Yes. And crazy and like a little, you know, imbalanced. Yeah. The thing then is the women like guys not- like that though down here, cause they're usually the ones that are most passionate. But I find that passion usually comes with a lot of drama. Absolutely. I mean, Brittany and I will always talk about that, right? Like, it's kind of like the red door, right? You have like all the passion, but you have all the drama because the wrong attachment styles came together. Yeah. Because it's not secure. I mean, it's not sustainable, right? It well, have- before we started this call, I thought that you two were, were you know, just in a relationship and you mm-hmm. said that you were married. And I'm like, I can't believe it. You guys don't look married. You look like you actually like each other. So like, I want to know what is it that's, I'm curious just myself, what is it that's making you guys look like you like each other so much? I mean, you work together every day, you live together every day, you know, so how do you, how do you keep that going? Is there some sort of dysfunction that you guys hang on to that allows some passion to keep going? Because I think that relationships need problems in order to have some sort of passion. Interesting. I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, so for us, it's it's interesting you're, you're turning the table. So I love that. It's a dialogue, right? Um, I think we're just a highly interdependent couple. Like we really do things separately. I just had a speaking gig separately than him. I go to women's groups. I go on girls weekends by myself. He does a lot of man work by himself. He's going to mm-hmm. go to a concert tonight by himself because I don't like the music. And I think that's a huge contributor, right? Where... I mean, I know it's kind of funny, right, to believe that I just left the speaking gig and I was driving an hour home and he called me. He's like, how was it? And, and I mean, he's home. Like, as soon as I get home, he's home. But he wanted to talk to me, right? So I think... I'm so jealous. And, and, <laughs> and I'm telling you another thing is to choose wisely because Brody was not somebody I was completely, oh my God, I have like butterflies in my stomach and I'm highly attracted to him, right? It was... Did that freak you out? Like, totally freak you out? No, not at all, because it felt supernatural. It felt more in the beginning, like, it felt like a friendship, but not, because I'm like, I didn't never had a friend like that, but it also doesn't feel like as crazy passionate as all my dating experiences were, right? Yeah. And because he was secure, 
and he was slightly, and I was slightly anxious. So I, I had healed a lot of that. I was already working on that. Like I was already working on, okay, I feel like an imbalance inside of me. I'm retracting and I'm really looking. So there's a lot of ownership in our relationship. There's a lot yeah. of personal responsibility versus. That makes sense. I tend to go people. for anxious as well. What do you say? I tend to get involved with anxious as well. Yeah. So, you know, as long as there's have this self-responsibility, right? They're like, oh, I noticed like this thought was coming up for me. And mm -hmm. I mean, we did a shadow ceremony the night before our wedding. I mean, you can watch it on YouTube, you know, you can type in Antium Brody wedding and, and you can look it up because we really believe in complete transparency. And that creates so much polarity for us because we're on such um, so much uncertainty because we're going so far and sharing everything with each other that we're constantly in this, there's like a slight uncomfort, right? And that's what it, that's what it. Yeah, there has to be some kind of tension. There has to be tension. Yes. Oh yeah, there's lots, believe me. Like Brody just said yesterday at an event that we don't have a challenge with that. <laughs> Why didn't you bring him so I could meet him? I, I want to watch you guys and just writhe in jealousy. Yeah, I could do that next time. Absolutely. Yeah, but so, and so I'm, I'm glad that you're helping like men and women to have that too, right? To have Yeah, that. you know, we just want to make people happy. We hate seeing people miserable. That's why we get in, involved in this, you know, like, yeah. I, I just, I feel so bad for people when they're miserable and depressed, particularly like the post-divorce people. Oh, I feel so bad for them. You know, there's, I don't think there can be anything worse than like, losing somebody that you love, probably losing your kids would be the worst one, but then like losing your, the person that you fall in love with would probably be the second worst, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Like tragic, you know, I feel for these people. So I think that maybe it's the same thing for you. That's why we do it. Well, for me, it's like, you know, Tony Robbins said, you can have millions and billions of dollars, but if you're not, if you're not in a happy relationship, you know, forget it, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. I've worked with lots of millionaires they are totally miserable. Yeah, so you know that, right? And, and Dr. Amir Levine, like the author of Attached, you know, he said that uh, the biggest career choice that you, the most important career choice that you will make is who you marry. And I think that's very, very true because like your exploratory drive goes up when you're with a secure, right? I mean, that's just like proven, you know, like that's well-researched. And, and so I really believe that because when we met just, that's why I love this, right? Because like my women are just really starting to paint and starting to do their own business or their business explodes because now they, they take more risks, right? Because they know that there's a, there's a man having their back and then knowing they can return to something. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people like the fact that they don't have to go out and search. Cause that can also be like a part-time full-time job. Try to find somebody oh, why people hire them right? in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I talk to online dating experts. They, they spend like up to 20, 30 hours on helping somebody and do the whole profile for them. You know, says some experts that do like the whole profile for you. And I think this is so much of a job, right? And I think love is organic. That when we're aligned, when we're congruent, when we are relatively healed, we should naturally attract. Like it shouldn't be even, you should never have to do that. And I don't care how busy you are. You could meet somebody in a plane. You could meet somebody at the airport, you know, like for the, all the busy CEOs, right? They say, oh, I'm too busy. I'm traveling, right? You know, and I hear this all the time with the, uh, with the women 
and the men in my life who have a secure attachment style, they naturally attract, right? So I really have this big belief. So then what if the people say, Ben, I really love Dan, or I live in Miami, you know, I want to find out more about him. How can they get in touch with you? How can I learn more about you and your service? Go to my website, matchmakingmiami.com, mm-hmm. and register. Go in there, register. Let me know who you are. You can even send me an email, dan at matchmakingmiami.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me. And um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be setting up a, a new show pretty soon. It's going to be called Unfiltered. I'm doing it with a colleague, Denise Levy. And it's going to be a show about topics where you know, people are really uncomfortable to talk about, but really want to know about it. So this morning you rated our material, you know, there's Mm -hmm. going to be cursing, there's going to be foul topics and stuff, but it's, you're going to hopefully learn something and laugh at the same time. So yeah. Okay. So say, say the website again. So it's the the new show is unfiltered. The show is going to be called unfiltered, but I will be announcing it through my website. So if you register at matchmakingmiami.com, you'll be in my newsletter. Or they can email you at dan at matchmakingmiami.com, right? Yes. One of the first people we're interviewing is a guy who's dying in two weeks or two, two to three weeks or so. He's got um, liver. He's got liver cancer. He's going to go pretty soon. I went to his uh, going away party. So we're going to be interviewing him about, you know, death and, you know, what it's like and, you know, how did he come to peace with it? So it's going to be probably be a really interesting interview. Wow. Okay. I so know. Deep stuff. Deep stuff, yeah. yeah. He's got yeah. a wonderful girlfriend too. I met in person. I will definitely be asking about how she's taking it. And um, apparently, she's only cried once during this whole ordeal. So I'd like to find out how she's managed to pull that off. Yeah. So yeah now that I made everybody depressed, come on and uh, you know come to my website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that's what you stand for, us too. Like it's authenticity. It's realness. You know, it's yeah. live. And yes. And that's how people connect by being raw and by being allowing themselves to be all of who we are. Oh yeah. You have to do that. You know, you have to do that. And if somebody doesn't like it, they're not right for you. Absolutely. If you're looking for a serious, genuine relationship, you have to be as much of your true self as you possibly can be. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much, even, even, uh, obviously you don't want to be in uh, too, you don't want to, you don't want to try so hard. You want it to be authentic and flow as organically as possible, like you said. Yeah. See, so that's what I, I agree to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Dan. Well, it's been so fun to have you on the show and to hear, you know, the perspective from you. And, you know, so like we're really excited to learn more. And so I'm Antje Boyd. Um, again, if you are looking for the right man, you're here in California. And go to our website, findtheoneelite.com and schedule your complimentary call with us. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dan, and for the listeners. We'll see you next time. Take Auf care. Wiedersehen. Danke. <laughs>